All right, we're live on everything. What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. We're on episode 97 of Goals and Updates. Let me just fix up my uh, audio quality here. It's coming a little loud on my headset. All right, so we should be good. So we're on episode 97 of Goals and Updates. We're about three episodes away from 100th episode of Goals and Updates, which is pretty awesome. So we'll have that done. Um, I might do three episodes next week just to hit the 100th because we should have technically already been two episodes away. I think I skipped out on one last week because uh, some stuff came up and I couldn't do the episode. But we're on episode 97, which is pretty awesome. So how we normally do this show, if you're new, I end up going into uh, my updates so that I go and update you guys on kind of what's going on in my life and what's basically – give me one sec. I'm just trying to fix this. bothering me. And then I go into updates about my own life and I'd show you that I'm basically what I'm telling you, I'm trying to implement into my own physical life. So I'm trying to go on a, a journey as like you're trying to benefit yourself. So that's the cool thing about this show. This show is going to update you at the person that's speaking is doing the same thing as you. And so that's the, the updating part now. And you'll, you'll see some of the goals that I'll, I'll set forth within this show. So that's the update part. Then I go into two topic. So the first topic will be lead by example. The second one will be build confidence. Then we go into done deal investments and then we wrap it up. So to start off, I'm going to go over some of the updates that I have for you guys for this week that I've accomplished and then some goals that I have. So the first one, week two is what I wrote down as, a, as, as this update. So what I mean by that is this is the every single week I do a one-on-one -on -one with my company and they go over my productivity, they go over my inheritance, basically when I log into the phone. And for this second week, I think I hit 138% productivity. So I, my goal is to get a month where I hit 120% productivity or above and I get a $150 extra bonus. Then, then like the next goal would be like to hit it every single month and keep getting like $300 extra dollars in my pocket from you know both bonuses. So I sat down with them today, we went over some stuff and I hit the 138th for the second week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, the reason why it's so important is I missed it last month by literally 1.5% of getting, you know, the extra $150 for that productivity goal. So this, these last two weeks have been crucial because the first week of last month, I, um, I, I missed out on it. Like I hit like 98% or 118% on that first week. So I got to go strong. I figured I have to go really strong the first two weeks. And then the next, the next two weeks I can, you know, I still go as strong as I possibly can, but you know, there's a little bit of wiggle room because the first week is what killed me on the, on the first one. So this one, I got to keep going strong. So tomorrow I got to go strong and then uh, up until the finish of this week and then one more week, and then I'll get that extra $150 bonus and I'll check that off my goal list. Right. And I'll update you guys on that as I keep on going through. So that, that was that. She didn't have a lot of feedback for me, which was good. Just very minor things. That's always good. Now, the next thing I was going to update you guys on is uh, I'm going tomorrow at 4, not 4.30. I think it's at 6.30 over in downtown Fort Lauderdale at the convention center to go see Grant Cardone and Damon John. Uh, they're going to be there live and they're going to, it's called the Financial Summit. So I'm assuming they're going to talk a lot about money, personal finance, uh, how to, you know, probably they're all about business. It's all business oriented people. So I know they're going to spend a lot of time talking about business, 
uh, probably mistakes they've made in their business careers and basically what not to do. So that's something, um, I don't know if you can still register it, like if you could register it for it to, like if you did it today and then, and then could go tomorrow, I'm pretty sure they're probably closing it out. So I don't think you can really register for it anymore. I registered it like two weeks ago for it. So, but I still, I, funny enough, I heard an advertising for it yesterday. So you probably still can, but anyways, um, and if you can, I definitely encourage, encourage you to actually go and do that because those summits or those um, motivational speakers, they give you a lot of information at those summits. You can go and watch a lot of YouTube videos, but it's just something that's unique when you go and watch these people live. You hear about them all the time. You see them on, you see them on the news. You see them, you know, you read their books. You go and you listen to their, their motivational videos and tapes. But it's just something that's so different when you go there and physically watch them talk. And you think to yourself, if this person can do it, I can do it. And that's, that's the big reason I go to a lot of these things is because I can listen to it all day, right? Which I do. But at the same time, it's nothing like sitting in front of these people and them speaking and you see the audience that they bring out. Because at these events, they bring out tons of people. Like I'm sure at this, this one we're going to go to uh, tomorrow, it, you're going to see maybe at least 10, uh, maybe 10,000, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe 5,000, right? But that's a lot. You know, that's, that's for two people, right? And I've seen Grant Cardone do his, do his own summit. And he's drawn out a lot of people from all over the place. Most of them aren't from Miami or, or the Broward County area. They're from, you know, different states that fly in and do these summits. So it's pretty cool. You meet a lot of different people there too. It's a good way to network as well. So I encourage everyone to go do those. Uh, the next one would be, I did a speech yesterday for Toastmasters. Now, funny enough, um, I, I wrote this speech 30, like basically the night before. So Monday night. And because I had to go through pathways and on the pathways, it gave me a topic where I had to speak on, I did a questionnaire and it gave me my leadership style. So it was called coaching. Now they wanted me to do a speech in front of my, my Toastmasters club or my group and basically explain why my leadership style is coaching. So I came up with this, this, um, this essay style of writing where I would tell them that my leadership style is coaching. And then the first topic I talk about would be lead by example, which is ironically, you know, I picked a lot of these because of the speech I did yesterday, but um, lead by example. The second one would be um, being optimistic. The third one would be being open-minded. And I went through these topics, gave examples of, of reasons why I believe that I, I live these skills every single day. Now I gave this speech and I felt really confident when I did it only for the fact that these are the, these are things that I truly believe that I have as a leader, right? Like these are, these are skills that I'm basically, I, I really do truly believe I live every single day. So it was really easy for me to speak about them. And the examples I gave obviously were real examples, real things that I've experienced in my life. So it was really easy to go off, you know, off script. Like I didn't have a script. I just basically talked like a, a regular person, like right now, like this, this stuff isn't scripted, right? So that's what I did. Now I finished the speech right? I had two other people that did a speech. So I was competing against those two other people. The one person didn't qualify. She was over five seconds. It was between me and this other person. And I ended up, um, I ended up winning the speech or the best speaker. So I have, uh, you know, I have the paperwork right here to show you guys if you don't believe me. So best speaker, right? Best speaker. So now the funny thing about this story is the guy that was evaluating me, right, came up to me after to give me the papers and was like, hey, man, he's like, 
I love when you speak. He's like, you motivate me all the time when you're talking about uh, money or you're talking about, you know, motivational um, type of stuff that you're trying to motivate people to do. And he's like, I love when you speak. You're just such a good speaker. And he's like, you must, you must be in this club for a long time. And I was like, honestly, I've only been in this club probably for four or five months. And he's like, he's like, wow, it's so crazy. And I was like, it's probably just because I do podcasts. So I'm used to speaking in front of people and, and, you know, I'm just used to speaking all the time in front of something or someone, or, you know, I'm trying to always kind of get out of my comfort zone. So I'm like, so it's a little bit easier to, you know, speak in front of people because I just do it. And once I do it, it's just natural. I just naturally flow it. So that was really cool. Right. And the funny thing is he was talking about the summit that I just told you about with Grant Cardone and Damon John. And he was like, Hey man, I'm going to this thing tomorrow with Damon John and Grant Cardone. I'm like, Oh, the financial summit. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to that too. And he's like, all right, man, here, take my number. We'll meet up uh, somewhere during that, you know, during whatever, like a break, or if there's anything in between or maybe before or after we'll link up. I was like, all right, cool. Right. So he came up to me, other people came up to me. And obviously most of the people at that, that Toastmasters liked my speech because I won best speaker. So majority of the house had to vote me in right now. The funny thing is I get this as I'm trying to clean up and help the club clean up. Uh, th this little girl comes up to me and gives me this little piece of paper. Now within this little piece of paper, what you can do at Toastmasters is you can write like speaker one, speaker two, speaker three, and give your input and give it to that speaker to be like, Hey, I really like how you did this, but maybe change this. Right? So they're giving feedback on these little pieces of paper that you can rip off. Now, as soon as I opened up the little piece of paper from the little girl, I noticed I liked your speech, but you know, I didn't really like the content because it made you sound like you were kind of full of yourself. Like, like you're like, you're too much into yourself almost. And it was like this whole big paragraph explaining this to me about the content, about how I, how I basically presented the content. Right. And so I'm, at first, you know, like for like a split second, you know, like, cause naturally you kind of, when you hear something like that and it's hitting you hard, you naturally tend to go, Oh, like what? Like you can't, you like, you kind of go in and you're like, what the hell is that? Right. For a split second. Like I promise you just for a split second, all of a sudden all my energy turned and I was like, I was like, that's amazing. Now, most people are probably thinking to themselves right now, why would that be amazing? She's telling you she didn't really like, she enjoyed this speech, but she really didn't enjoy this speech because she felt offended by the stuff that you were saying in the speech. Now, the reason that I am very, very happy that she wrote that thing to me means one thing. It means I'm hitting a wall. It means that I'm not the same as every other speaker that presents their information at that club. It means I'm different. Most people don't like different. Now, the reason I tell you that is take any of the greats, right? They've never gone with the masses. They've gone against the masses 110%. And that's why for a split second, I, you know, I thought to myself, you know, for after a split second of going, what, like, what is this? Like what it clicked. And I was like, I'm doing that. That's a, that means that's a compliment. Like I'm doing a good thing. And the reason for it is, like I said, you're going against the masses. Now I also understand that a lot of people there probably will not agree um, because I speak about money and money in the United States or in most households is very, very like a touchy subject. Most people don't like hearing about money. Uh, they think uh, a lot of people think money is the root of all evil. I used to think that. Um, and as I got older and I started learning about money, I understood that I knew nothing about money 
and that's why I didn't like money, right? So most people, they're kind of, you know, they don't understand it. They don't know how to negotiate and move the money around, or they don't understand how to use credit to their advantage, and they don't know how to save money. They don't know how to, you know, use a budget. And when I was doing this speech, the first thing I did, which I was talking about leading by example, is I talked about money. So I knew that was probably the big thing. It was the money and the way I presented some of the stuff where, you know, but the funny thing I thought too was she was like, you know, you talk a lot about yourself. And the funny thing is the speech was designed to talk about myself because I'm telling you why this type of leadership style is me, right? So I'm supposed to talk about myself in this speech. That's why I thought it was really funny when they gave me the little paper and they're like, they're like, like, and she's like, um, I don't know who it is actually, by the way, it's, it's anonymous. I'm pretty sure I do know, but I'm obviously not going to blast them. But, um, the funny thing is, uh, when they gave me the paper and it said that on there, I'm like, they didn't understand the topic of the speech. Cause that's how I was supposed to do. I was supposed to present myself within the topic. Right. But, um, I just think it's funny, but I, I just laughed at it for like a long time. Like I'm still laughing to this day, like even today, like, that's why I'm telling you, and I'll have a smile on my face because I know I did my job when I went up there and I basically hit the border walls and that's what you want to do. You want to, you want to test the boundaries. You want to overstep and try to see like how far you can push the limits. Cause think about it for a second. You could take the best comedians, like take Kevin Hart, for example. And the reason I say Kevin Hart is because Kevin Hart is the most well-known person. You go anywhere across the world and say Kevin Hart, everyone knows who you're talking about. And with Kevin Hart, what does Kevin Hart do? He talks about life stories throughout his whole entire comedy uh, skits. That's all he does. He talks about himself in these comedy skits and he basically just rags on himself and he has a lot of confidence when he says it. That's, that's another thing I took from it too. It just meant that I showed a lot of confidence when I, when I presented this speech, which is a good thing too, because if you don't have confidence when you're up there and you're talking, you're losing the audience. The audience is not going to pay attention to you. And the, the weird thing was I saw someone yawn in the audience too, which kind of threw me off because I was speaking and I saw the one person yawn and I'm thinking to myself, damn, am I that boring? <laughs> That's what I tell myself. I'm like, am I like not getting my point across? Like, am I, is, is it just a boring speech right now? Am I not doing a good job? And what I, and I had to tell myself, you know, it's, it, you know, it's going on eight o'clock at night. People have, you know, people are coming straight from eight hour work, you know, work day. So I'm like, all right, they're probably just tired. And I just thought it was funny. I saw this person yawn and automatically in my head as I'm speaking, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, Oh damn. Like I'm not, I'm not grabbing the audience attention. And then, but the other thing too, by the way, before we go to the next uh, update is um, it's so funny. Cause I always get the biggest criticism when I always win the best speaker award, right? Like the last one, someone gave me a really bad, um, like the, the actual evaluator went up there and ripped me a new one, like ripped me a new one when he went up there and evaluated me in front of everyone. And I was just like, I was like, damn, it, it was that bad. And then I won best speaker. <laughs> I won best speaker after like he ripped me a new one up there when he was evaluating me. But, you know, it's all part of the game. Uh, you know, it's part of public speaking, you know, like you don't, you're not gonna be able to please everyone. You know, even comedians, like even a comedian like Kevin Hart, there's going to be some idiot out there that's going to be like, I hate Kevin Hart, right? Like maybe 90% of the world or 85% of the world loves Kevin Hart there's always that 10% or 15% that like hate him. They're like, Oh, I hate that guy. He's too famous. Right. So that's what it is. Now, the other thing is, uh, I want to update you guys on the thing I talked about Monday. So th this refers to checking your pay stubs. Now I'm telling you off the bat, 
check your pay stubs regardless if you trust the company or not because there's human errors that happen within your paycheck. And if you don't know where that money is being distributed to out of that paycheck, you're getting robbed, I guarantee you, because this is the second time I worked for another company and like the money, they have no idea where the money was going or where something happened. So it catch you up on speed. Uh, when I did my benefit package with this company that I'm with right now, they, they let me sign up for a identity theft program. Now, every single you know, every single paycheck they take, they give me about two paychecks um, every two weeks within a month is $6 transactions they take out of my uh, actual physical paycheck before I get the, the physical income from it. Now that's $12 a month if I get paid twice every month. And so far it accumulated $50 that I could see when it says like YTD at the end of it, right? So $50 has already been contributed to this company. Now, I was thinking to myself, you know, they're taking this money out, but I've never, like, I'm like, I've had, you know, you have to probably fill out information for them to check your social security or to check your credit cards and um, to check basically identity fraud. They have to be monitoring something. I never gave anyone information. How do they know to find my information? And so I ended up going through HR. They gave me a number, called them this morning found out they had no record of me in their system. So the whole entire time they've been taking money out of my paycheck and paying this company, this company that's been receiving that money has no record of me and has not been monitoring my identity theft stuff because I have not been registered in the system. So for, you know, $50 is lost there for nothing. Like a company is getting paid to do nothing basically out of my paycheck. So even though it's $50 and good thing I caught it now, you know, $50 is still $50. Like it's, you know, you could do, you know, decent amount of stuff with that, but you know, it better than 50 than a hundred or, you know, $500 down the road. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is because then I had to go to HR and tell them like, Hey, you guys didn't register me into the system. You got to send them a badge file. So the reason I, I bring this up to you, by the way, is because uh, most people don't check their pay stubs, right? And you really should because they're taking money out of there. And if you don't know what they're taking out of, they're probably robbing you. Cold, right? Hoping someone's gonna come close this door real quick. And one sec, give me one sec, guys. I'm gonna close this door. I'm getting a lot of echo. All right, guys, sorry about that. I just didn't want that to bother me. I knew it was going to, my dog opened the door and I had to go close it. So um, for so just check your pay stub. That's all I can say. Now, I'm going to go into these two topics real quick. So lead by example. Now, the reason I picked lead by example is because I did it on my essay, or not essay, for the speech. And it's something that I feel like a lot of people like to give out information but when they give you information, they don't live by the information they're giving you, or they don't really truly believe in the information they're giving to you. Because if they do believe in the information they're giving it to you or giving to that person, then they would truly do the same information or the same stuff they're giving to you themselves. And most people don't. Uh, if you like, there's phrases uh, like early bird gets the worm. Everyone knows that phrase. Most people probably tell you the early bird gets the worm. No one gets up early. Everyone stays in late, right? Um, so I'd never tell you that because I haven't conquered that. I, I, you know what I mean? Like I haven't conquered getting up early yet. 
So I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't tell someone like, Hey, you got to get up early. I would just maybe suggest it. I'd just be like, Hey, you want more time in your day, get up early. But you know, and I probably on it. I'm a really honest person. Like I've people tell me that all the time. They're like, you're, you're too honest, but I like honesty. I think honesty builds trust and most people are not genuinely honest. So that's why I'm pretty honest, but things that I give information on, which I do live by every single day is mostly money. Right. And, and that's what I was talking about in this speech is the stuff I tend to give out information on is money. And the information that I give you, I live by. And if I don't live by it, I'll tell you that, you know, I'm still working on that or I, I believe in it, but I'm trying to get myself to get disciplined enough to get to that point in life. Cause some of the stuff I believe in, but I'm not in a position to be able to do it. Right? Like for instance, uh, investing a ton of ton of money, I'm not in a position to take out like a $2 million investment, right? So that's a goal. And I believe in investing large sums into, into different things, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell you to go do that because I haven't gone to that point. Like I'll just suggest it to you. Like I haven't, I, there's, I've never been in a position where I could put $2 million into a, an investment, right? But things like budgeting, like I tell everyone the first step to, to money would be budgeting. Now, the reason I'm telling you about budgeting is because I know for a fact, a lot of my family members do not budget. I know a lot of my friends do not budget. I know that 90% of Americans, and this is what I was talking about in my speech, do not budget. That means 90% of Americans do not have a budget and don't know how much money they're, they're intaking and how much money is going out of their pockets. So <laughs> I appreciate that, Ashma. But, um, but the point, the point being is, but the, the point being basically is that, you know, the budget is the most important thing. And I tell people that all the time and I religiously follow a budget, like behind this computer that I'm filming on, there's two budgets, one for my personal, one for business. And I'm constantly updating it when things change. So like if my, let's say the agency I'm working with, with my business, I end up canceling that contract and I put something else in place of that, I would replace that and get a new budget for that. So I know like, okay, I'm not paying this amount of money, but now maybe I'm paying a little less and this money's going to go here and this money can go here now. Right. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Or if my income increased, like I did an investment and I know I'm going to get it's passive and I'm going to get, you know, an extra hundred dollars a month, every single month. Now I'm going to update that into my budget. Like, all right, I have a hundred dollars extra that's going to come into my pocket. So that's, that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm trying to make sure I manage like, okay, I have this amount of money coming in every single month. These are my bills. At the end of the bills, I'm going to put a certain percentage away into a savings account and whatever's left over, I call my play money. I, I, they actually made fun of me for saying that because I'm like, I, phys I physically went on to a speech when I was doing this yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, this is how I work a budget. I go and I, and I put all my income on there. As soon as I get paid, I take that money. I go and pay expenses. And from the expenses, I then whatever's left over, I put a percentage of it into savings for an emergency or to save it up to invest. And then I take whatever's left over from that. And I call that my play money and I go and use it for whatever I want. And, and it was funny because they, they like uh, the one guy jokes on, he was like, yeah, he has his play money. And he was talking about something about like spending it on it, but it was kind of funny. But anyways, um, so that, that's kind of what I'm, that I'm talking about. Same thing with like savings, right? I do, Right now I do about $100 every single month into a savings account, which probably doesn't sound like a lot to most people, 
but it's because my expenses right now, you know, I got to put a, a percentage of it from whatever's left over from the expenses. So, and then, and then you can see the whole point of the budget, by the way, and most people like most people will agree with you that the budget's really very important in personal finance, but they'll never do it. And the re and it's so easy nowadays. I mean, your computers automatically make the budgets, your phone automatically makes the budget. The technology is there where you just program your expenses and how much income you're taking in every single month after taxes, after a pay stub, right? And then you just basically budget. Now, the reason it's so important is that's your guidance. That's 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 physical things that you can see and be like, okay, I'm have I have spent too much on my expenses. What can I cut? where I can get more money to put more into a savings or put more money into this or do this or that. And the, the, the real reason you're budgeting, by the way, is so that you can see like, okay, I'm either I'm negative for the month or I'm positive for the month. And obviously you want to be in the green or positive and you don't want to be in red, which is, would be considered negative. That's the whole point of it. Right. And ev everyone has to have a budget. Like a business has a budget. People should have a, bu a, a actual budget. I can, and I, I tell this too, is like, I tell people, um, people are businesses. Now, a lot of people might disagree with me on that. Actually, most people probably disagree with me on that, but the point of it, what's up, Eli? Um, the point of it with the budget and why I say most people are individual businesses is because think about a business for a second. They have an EIN number. The EIN number is like a social security number. It's the same idea as a personal social security number. The reason you have that is so that you pay taxes. That's what an EIN number is for a business because a business is an, a single entity, right? A single, they consider it as like a, a person in the, in the system. So that's why I say most people, you know, people are businesses, they just don't realize it because both, both sides pay taxes, right? A small business pays taxes, a big business pays taxes. You know, a big business probably won't pay as much as a, an individual, but they both pay taxes and they have a physical social security number, right? So that's why I say that. Now, and, and you're both making money, right? You're just making personal income from a job, which would be, you know, that's why you fill out a W-2. It's, it's employer income, but you're still making money just like a business and you're spending money just like a business, right? Income and expenses, both sides do that. So that's why I consider you more of a business. Now, um, that's leading by example. So if I give you any type of information that I truly, truly believe in, it's and I tell you it, it's because I truly lead by example. That's 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 the skill that I have, right? I truly try to give you information that I'm living by, especially financially or you know anything anything that I pretty pretty much do in life. So the budget is one. I'm trying to think if I can give you another one, which I, I kind of give a lot of uh, you know like feedback on. Money's a big one. People only ask me about money. Like, how do you do this? Like, how do you do that? And then I just tell them like, this is what I do, right? Uh, money, I'm trying to think of, uh, I, I guess you could say like politics too. Like if you had to come down to, if someone gave me like uh, some type of political argument or something and, and they wanted some type of uh, like feedback in it, I, you know, I would tell them, I would just tell them like, yeah, this is what I believe in. And this is why I think this way. And I would explain it to them. And I'd say, this, this is why it makes sense. But the reason I'm doing that is because that's, that's what I believe in. And that's what I live by. But the funny thing with politics, by the way, is that most people, what they tell you that they are in politics, they don't live by. And what I can tell you by that is on both sides, like both sides tend to do this. Uh, you know, like, let's say, um, 
I'll give you I'll give you an example on both sides. So for instance, let's say you're a Democrat and you believe in equality, right? Because that's what the, the that's what basically the left tries to push a lot is equality. Most of them, what they don't realize is when they speak to you and the way they phrase things and they try to be correct on certain things, they they tend to be more racist than the person they're accusing of being a racist, which means they don't really live by equality or they don't really live by um, you know, not being, not really trying to be racist. It's, that's, that's a big thing. Now, I'm sure I get a lot of kickback from that, but just pay attention to how people phrase it when they're talking to you in certain ways, if they're trying to accuse you of something that's considered racist, or you shouldn't say that because that's racist. Watch how they'll explain why you shouldn't say that. And you'll understand what I'm saying. Now for Republicans, if you're, if you consider yourself a Republican, the big thing that frustrates me is, uh, the, the big thing with Republicans is they believe that you should be dependent on yourself. No one else should really, you really shouldn't be dependent on other people. Like you're the one that should be in control, not government, not, you know, X, Y, and Z it's you. Right. But when it comes down to things, they play the victim cards just as much as, as someone that would, you know, register as a Democrat. Most people, you know, whether it's uh, they're trying to pay like pay a bill and they're like, Oh, this isn't fair. The company's not working with me or this isn't fair because of that. Right. So both sides do play a victim card and the right tends to basically put in perspective, like you shouldn't rely on government. You shouldn't rely on this. You shouldn't rely on that. But they still tend to do that. It, it, you know, like a lot of Republicans tend to do that where they're like, oh, yeah, but like it's not fair because of this or it's not fair because of that. Then it's like, yeah, but if you're so independent on your own, then you sh it shouldn't matter. Right. You should be living by the beliefs or the, the things that you believe in in your own life. And most people don't do that. Just I'm telling you, just pay attention to people when they tell you like advice or they tell you something. Most people don't live by example or lead by example. So that's leading by example. Now we're going to go into building confidence. Now, this is one that I it, it is hard building confidence, like even sometimes for myself, it's it's not I, I even think like some people um, like billionaires and and really famous people still have trouble with confidence. I don't think it's a skill that you completely master, right? Like, I don't really believe that you can completely master having confidence. But what I can tell you is that it's possible to get to a point where you're more confident in what you're doing. And after a certain point, it just, you just don't really care. And you're just, you're just confident. And the funny thing is like when I did this speech, right, at Toastmasters when I was going over that and the lady wrote me like your content makes you sound like you're too full of yourself, you're too into yourself. Uh, it's because I was so confident when I gave the speech that she took offense to it, right? Like she she physically was like, oh, like, oh, like, oh, damn, like it's too much for me to handle because he's, he's too much, right? That's because I had a lot of confidence when I went up there and did the speech. I, I'm telling you, it's not what I said. Uh, you know, most people might agree or disagree with me on that, but it's not what I said that probably offended her. It's it's the confidence. It's the way I presented it from myself. Like, because I was so confident when I said it that she got offended from the, me being really confident about what I was saying. Like, oh, like he thinks he's right, right? So that that's my point. How I built confidence, I'm going to give you a couple examples of confidence, by the way, for myself, but uh, building confidence, how I started kind of trying to build confidence is I completely tried to get out of my comfort zone. It's the only way you'll ever get confidence with yourself. It's the only way you'll get confidence throughout anything you want to do. It's the only, like, it's the only reason why, like, I can go up in front of someone 
put my hand out or do a cold call and call someone cold and be like, hey, this is Tyler with Cross Country Home Services. How are you? Have a nice positive energy, even when they don't want to talk to me. And I can still and still maneuver my way and get the questions answered. It's, you know, it's, it's just confidence, right? I'm just confident with myself. I believe in myself. And that's the first step to confidence is you have to believe in yourself. Um, and that's just something that's going to take you time. And you have to, you have to look at yourself. The, I, the thing that I do a lot is when I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm in front of that mirror and I'm looking at myself, I look at myself. Most people don't look at themselves, by the way. They just do their routine and they get in the car and they, and they go to work. I look at myself and I go, I go, you know, who am I? What am I trying to do in life? And why am I doing what I'm doing? And, and am I happy with the person I'm looking at in the mirror? If the answer is yes, I'm doing good things and I'm building more confidence in myself. If the answer is no, I don't like who I'm looking at, that means I have to change something. I have to go back and figure out what I don't like about myself. Once you start liking the person you're becoming, your confidence tends to grow. Your confidence comes out. And that's what I've learned is uh, I've never, you know, when I was really, really young, and I tell people this all the time, I don't think most people believe me. I never liked talking. I hated talking to individuals. Very, very shy person. Um, at times, I would ask my mom to order me food because I didn't want to talk to the person at the counter. I never looked people in the eye. And as I got older, and my, my parents started to give me more responsibility and, and kind of not cater to me as much and I had to physically go out and get things that I wanted, I tended to be more confident because I knew that if I didn't do it, no one else was going to do it. And that's kind of what you have to do. Now, I've had conversations uh, with people where they're, they're kind of they're like, you know, I, I'm just used to, you know, getting certain things and I'm not really used to going out and doing it for myself. And I do think that's like a generational issue where it's kind of, it's more of, it's generation. Like, I feel like, my generation, uh, uh, Generation X, I uh, could be Y too, by the way, but I really think Generation X is a generation where uh, like our parents do a lot for us, right? Like your parents just don't want you to suffer. They don't want you to go through the same things they went through as a kid. And so they're trying to constantly help you out of the hole or they're constantly trying to help you to that next step in your life rather than letting you burn. Now, it sounds very, very harsh what I'm saying where I'm like, oh, like, oh, he wants, he wants them to burn, basically, like, go to the ground and try to, you know, like, basically suffer. Unfortunately, that's the only way you learn because if your parents keep getting you out of the hole, you're going to keep telling yourself, well, the worst that happens is my parents just help me out, right? My parents will help me out of this hole. Like, I don't have to really worry too much, but the worrying and the, and the motivation comes from the struggle. You have to struggle to be able to be like, I don't want to go there again. It was terrible being there in debt. It was terrible losing my car and getting repossessed. It was terrible losing my house and a place to live, right? If you ever look at any of these successful billionaires or any of these successful millionaires or actresses, they've, they normally come from some type of distress situation or some type of, of rock bottom. And the reason for that is because it motivated them not to go there anymore. They had to push themselves to the top because they didn't want to be at the bottom anymore. That's kind of what happened to me. That's why I kind of turned into someone that, you know, I tried to, I tried to work on myself a lot. And I tried to, um, you know, like physically try to look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, why am I not happy with myself? I got to go and fix this. I got to go and do this. And 
what I learned was it's because I hit that rock bottom and I'm like, I don't want to go back to rock bottom. I'll never quit on myself again. I know what it's like to quit on myself and I don't ever want to go back to that point again. So I got to figure out how to get to my next level self as I'm not going backwards. I'm going to keep going forward. And, and that's why, like, that's how it's easy for me to tell you that because um, I've been there. I, I've had to go through rock bottom to find my way to the top. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm successful in, in any way, shape, or form, like a movie star or a millionaire or anything like that, but I have a lot of confidence, and it tends to get me into different opportunities or di- get through different doors that would be closed for most people. And the reason is just because I have a lot of confidence. I'll show up. Um, I'll, I'll, the way I present myself is always a good first impression. Uh, you know, I'll talk, I'll talk to you about what you want to talk. It doesn't matter about me and what I want. It matters what you want. So I try to cater to what you need because I know if I help you out, you're going to help me out in the end. So that's what I try to do. I try to help out the person that's in front of me. And that wasn't always like me. I used to kind of think more selfishly. I used to be like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because that person's not going to do it for me. I'm not going to help that homeless person because that homeless person wouldn't help me if he was driving by right now. I can help that person because that person would tell me to go F off. Right. So, and that's what you're kind of going through uh, when your parents are helping. You're like, oh, that person's not going to do it. So I'm not going to do it. Or, you know, that person will help me. So I don't have to do this right? That's why you have to kind of suffer to get more confidence. Now, once you get the confidence, you have to keep going. Cause what normally happens is people, once they get to a certain point of confidence, they stop. They, they literally get that confidence and they're like, Oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so high and mighty up here. And then all of a sudden they get punched in the face and they get, they go down back to zero. I'm telling you, it's happened to me before where I, I thought I was, you know, I was having a great day. I felt like I was on top of the world. I had a lot of wins within like the, the couple of days before that all of a sudden one thing happened and it kind of reverted me back halfway and I had to try to fix myself to get back up, up the cliff. Basically. That's kind of what I compare it to. Like here's the mountain, the top of the mountain and you're below the top of the mountain and you have to climb your way back up to the top of the mountain. Right. Cause when you're on top of the mountain, you feel like you're on top of the world. Right. So that's basically what confidence is. You, you start from the bottom and you work your way up to the top of the mountain. And that's, that's probably like the best scenario I could give you is you're constantly trying to keep that confidence. You have to keep on winning throughout your day. That's why routines kind of work a lot. Because if you can keep the routine going, like going to the gym at certain times and you feel really good about yourself because you're hitting those gym goals, uh, like if you're cold calling and you can hit 100 phone calls every single day and you're, and you're hitting those numbers every single day precisely, you're going to feel really good about yourself, right? Uh, like today, I felt really good about myself because I was on a phone. I was on a lot. It, she gave me this whole list to cold call these service providers for W9s because I was the only one there. So I'm calling all these people and I had like five people yell at me, basically get pissed at me on the phone. And I basically converted them to come back and be, and be normal again. And so those were wins for me, even though they, they probably, you know, they didn't really give me what I needed. It was still a win for me. And it built my confidence up for the day because I, I kind of persuaded them from them being up here with anger to being back down level with me and basically calming them out and closing out what I needed to get like information wise. And even though, you know, I didn't get like a W nine form that day, or I didn't get what I needed a hundred percent. I still consider that a win because I was able to do my job on the phone and not, you know, and try to not really try to step on eggshells as I'm trying to get it. Cause these people get pissed. I'm telling you like most, most cold calls kind of go South most of the time. Um, but so that's building confidence. And I'm telling you, it's probably the most important, if I could ever give you any skill, I probably say this a lot, but this is the skill you're going to want to build is confidence. 
Confidence is what gets you the job. Confidence is what gets you the deals and negotiations. Confidence is what gets you the boyfriend or the girlfriend. Confidence is what gets you um, respect within your family. Confidence is what moves you forward in your everyday life. And confidence will get you that next level. I promise you that 110%. I, I'm like, I guarantee that for you. If you can build the confidence, you'll be able to get whatever you want in life. Because you'll be able to pick up that phone and, and cold call whatever you want to get. You know, that girl, like, got that girl's phone number and you're going to cold call that girl and convince her to go out on that date with you. Same thing, vice versa, for a woman calling a man, right? Because that's it's equal game for that one. So, but, uh, so that's confidence. Now, I'm going to go to Dundee Investments really quick and then we're going to wrap this up. It's probably going to be a short episode. Well, I'm probably going to hit about an hour and 15 minutes. But um, they're just, they're, those are just easy, easy topics. But, uh, but that's basically confidence. Uh, I don't really think I gave you an example. Well, I kind of gave you an example of the phone calls. But anyways, we're going to go into Dundee Investments, LLC. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a physical company called Dundee Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, the reason it's called where the deal is already done as the slogan is because I help a distressed seller or anyone that wants to sell their property very, very fast for with an investor i shouldn't say for it's it's with an investor right and i put them together on the deal and i control that deal so i'm the one that's creating uh you know finding the seller finding the investor and putting them together on the deal and we go ahead and we go and help that distressed seller uh, now i say distressed seller because we mainly help the following people now you don't have to be someone struggling with your property. You might just want to sell the property very fast and just get it over with because uh, sometimes the selling process is very long, just like home buying is the home buying process is kind of lengthy and you got to go through different companies. So if you just want to sell your home very, very fast, that's where Dundee Investments would be able to help you out. Now, the, the, the type of ways that we could help you out or solve your problems in distressed situations or crisis type situations would be pre-foreclosure, which just means the the person that try is trying to basically buy that property is behind on payments with a mortgage, which is normally from a bank. You normally get a, a, a mortgage from a bank. So they're behind on payments and the bank is going to, you know, it's threatening to basically repossess that property, mess up that person's credit, probably would have to file bankruptcy. What's up, Tyler? I would probably have to file bankruptcy and at the same time, lost all that money they put in the deal. That's how we would help you is, is if you're going through pre-foreclosure. Now, the other one would be foreclosure, which would be like, if you know, if you have a friend that owns a small bank and is just sinking money into this property and wants to get rid of it as fast as they possibly can, uh, so they don't lose all this money on, on their deal. That's where Dundee Investments would be able to link up with them and be like, hey, here's an investor that wants to buy that property and basically cut the losses of that bank. Now, Another one would be a job transfer. Now, job transfers are pretty common just because everyone's looking for more jobs or more opportunities. And most of the time, you might find more opportunity in a different state and maybe even a different country. You know, some people actually go to different countries for different things. But maybe you have to just move really fast for a job transfer. That's where Dundee Investments would help you be able to do that by just selling your house very quick in about a week and just giving, you know, putting an investor on the deal and selling it. Now, the fourth one would be if um, you're going through like a very, very messy, messy, messy divorce, which, you know, I think divorce rate is about like 49%, uh, somewhere around there, 48, 49% of people in America get divorced. But 
the reason I bring it up is because most of the time you want to, you have to split everything 50, 50 in a divorce and you have to kind of, when it comes to a property, the best way to kind of solve that is to just sell it on the market really fast and just split it 50, 50 down the middle. And that's why Dundee investments would be able to help you with that because we would sell it really quick. And then we would just give you the money and you would split it between the two people that are, are getting, you know, getting the divorce and just split it and cut your, you know, cut the, cut the ties on that one and just move and move on with your lives. Now, the other one would be if we, if you, or if you inherited a home from a loved one or someone that passed away, um, this normally happens with elderly people when they get, they tend to get older and they put you in their will, or it's like a family will and you inherit a house, but you know, you already have a property you don't want two properties. You kind of just want to sell it and claim the money from the, you know, the equity. This is where Dundee investments would also be able to help you because most of the time, if it's an elderly person that was living in that home that you just inherited, they tend not to take care of the property. There seems to be a lot of property maintenance. There seems to be a lot of things going on within that property, which the person didn't really take care of. And it's going to cost you a lot of money to fix it, flip it, and then go ahead and sell it on the market. This is just a quick way to have done deal investments, do all the legwork. Uh, basically we buy it as is. So like, you don't have to do fit nothing. You don't have to do any work to the property. We'll buy it as is, which is pretty awesome. So uh, that's one way. And the last one would be if you have like liens or if you're behind on back taxes. Uh, so those two, uh, those are basically, well, Back taxes, obviously, is just, you know, you have to pay property taxes on from the, to the state. And if you're behind on it, the government will physically repossess your property. So that's kind of almost like a pre-foreclosure, but it's it's a little bit more serious because the government's getting involved in it. Now, now uh, liens, liens would be if like the city gave you a lien for some type of maintenance on the property, which was up to, it wasn't up to code. And they put a lien on your property. Now, the, the dirty thing with the liens is they accumulate interest every single day that you're not taking care of the lien. So most people don't know that. And what happens is they go and try to figure it out a month later and it accumulated massive amounts of money on the lien and they don't have it. So they can't really get ahead on it. That's where Dundee Investments would be able to basically just buy your house, pay off that lien, make sure you're not in any trouble legally speaking with that, excuse me, like legally uh, with that lien. And then we would, you know, help you try to get another property or there, there's also ways. Um, I have someone that would basically, I believe would, I could reference you to them. They would go and buy your property. And I think you would just rent it. They would basically rent it back to you and you would basically try to pay them off um, and get the house back. So you're just renting until you basically pay off what you owe that investor getting you out of the debt. Now, which is pretty, you know, pretty interesting. Now, those are basically all the things that the business would really help out. But like I said, maybe you're just, you don't want to deal with a real estate agent and you just want to, and there's maybe nothing wrong with your property. It's pretty in pretty good standing conditions. And you kind of just want to get rid of it as fast as you can. You don't want to go through a real estate agent and wait, you know, three weeks to maybe like four weeks to sell it on the market or even longer. Sometimes it's longer depending on the real estate agent and the market you're in. So that's something where, you know, done deal investments to be able to come in and just basically give you a quick cash offer and, and, you know, get an investor on the deal and, and they would take over the property and you would get the cash. Now, how the process works for this business is it's called the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact done deal investments. Now, 
what I mean by this is, you know, it's obviously pretty basic, but you would have to contact in some way, shape or form, whether it's a phone call, whether it's email, whether it's a website, you go to the website, fill out a form, whether it's social media through direct messaging, which would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed. You could text us through that number. It's like, a, that's my, my personal number. So you just text me on that number. Now, I do prefer a phone call just because I have to ask you questions. Now, it's questions that are pretty basic. So it doesn't really matter. I just like the phone call because it's more personable, right? It's more of a one-on-one -on -one interaction. You get to you get to kind of know me a little bit more. You can ask me all the questions you want and it's it's personable. That's why I like the phone call. Now, if you're going to call me, just understand I work a full-time job as I'm trying to run this business. So I can't use my phone at my job. And I normally work from 10 to 6.30 p.m., Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I work from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. So if I don't answer the phone when you call, either go through a different outlet or just leave me a voicemail. I know a lot of people don't like leaving voicemails, and I never, you know, I never really understand why people don't like leaving the voicemails. But just leave a voicemail, like a detailed voicemail, and just explain to me the situation or the problem you're trying to solve that you have. And just give me a little bit of information on who you are and contact information so I can contact you back. And that's all it, That's all I really need in the voicemail. I'll just contact you and we'll work it from there. And I'll contact you right after I get out of work. And I'll do the best I can by just getting back to you as fast as I possibly can. Now, um, so that's contact me. That's the first step. Once we answer the questions, and the questions are very basic, by the way. The questions are just me asking you what problem you're trying to get out of or problem you're trying to solve. And then it's just going to ask you some questions on your property. Like, you know, what, it, what's wrong with it physically that you know of. So like broken windows, roof damage, leaks, anything that's wrong with it. You know, I'm going to ask you if, if uh, you know, whatever you know about. And then step two. So we're now we're on step two. We would set up a physical appointment for me to come to your property and do what I call a walkthrough. Now, I'm going to bring a sheet with me. I'm going to try to, you know, inspect the property, basically just go through and be like, okay, we have some broken windows. We have roof damage. Uh, you know, you have a pool. We might have to fix the pool up. The filter's not running that great, right? So anything that's a cost of the investor, I have to jot down as an estimate. And I'm going to go and take five pictures of your property outside of it and inside of it. So 10 pictures in total. The reason I'm trying to collect all this data is so when we go in and done deal investments, LLC goes to find you an investor to put on this deal. I need to have all the information presentable so I can go and just send it to investors and be like, Hey, this is how much it's roughly going to be to, to fix this. This is the information on the property. Here's pictures of the property. Right. And this is what gets us to allow, um, allow us to basically get your house sold very, very fast. We're basically cutting out, uh, the walkthrough part where everyone's trying to walk through the property. Everyone wants to go and look at it. Right. Cause that's what a realtor does. A realtor will sit in the property and have all this foot traffic and it's a pain in the butt for you right? It's, it's not fun for you because um, you have to, you know, not be in the property or be in the property, but make sure it looks great, right? This is something where you don't have to do that. We just have to do it one time. And then, um, and then from there, I just basically send it out to investors and I go through my list. If I don't have anyone on my list that wants to buy that property, I go and I start cold calling other investors and I start trying to find people to put on this deal. So I work for you, right? I'm working hard to make sure we get an investment on this deal. Now, the, the point is from this, you know, that, that's the main point is I'm trying to make sure we're not getting all this foot traffic coming to your property and we sell it very, very fast. We get someone that's interested very, very fast on this deal. 
from this point, we're going into basically step three, which is the last step, which is I then have to go in and run comps on your neighborhood for that market. I have to make sure that we're giving you a fair cash offer. And how we do this is I go and I run the three houses that have sold in that particular market in your neighborhood as close as I, as I possibly can get uh, the same size and everything to yours. And that's how we get the average price. From the average price, I just deduct the cost that it's gonna take for that investor to basically endure that property and make a profit. And that's the price we negotiate on, right? So around that ballpark of that price. Now, once we come to an agreement on the terms, which are, you know, yeah, you gotta stay on that property for another three weeks, a month to get on your feet and try to find something else. You need X, Y, and Z before you can really move physically. I worked that out with you in the contract. And we'll put that, you know, th those will be the terms and then the price that we agreed on on the contract. And how this is going to work is uh, it's my physical job or my company's job to physically make sure that myself and you, the seller, are on the same page, but also that investor that's being put on the deal is on the exact same page. So all parties are on the same page. It's really the main job of Dundee Investments LLC. Help both parties. At the same time, make sure that they're working together as close as possible, as neat as possible, as clean as possible, right? So that's the main job of Dundee Investments. And then obviously, once we come to an agreement on the price and the terms, then the seller would sign the contract, I would sign the contract for Dundee Investments, and the investor would sign the contract for Dundee Investments. Now, real quick, after everything is signed, after everything is good, you know, the process goes through how how each party wins is the seller would then get to get out of that that problem or that crisis that they're in or you know even if they're just selling it fast they get the cash offer that was promised they you know we agree to the terms and everything or abide by them and then done deal investments will give you any resource you need so you need a real estate agent you need a home inspector excuse me real estate agent home inspector um, financing, anything that's related to the next steps in home buying, like the procedures, you just let Dundee Investments know or myself know, and we go in and go and get you, uh, you know, into that next stage. I go and help you try to get to that next part in your chapter of buying another home. Now, um, I have most of the stuff that I mentioned to you, and if I don't have it, I'll go and find it for you because that's that's my job. Now, um, now the investor would win because the investor is now going to take the property, flip it, invest some capital into it, flip it and sell it for a full market value and get a profit off of it. Dundee Investments is gonna win because we're gonna obviously help that distressed seller out, someone that really needs physical help as a resource um, and help the investor make money. And Dundee Investments will make a portion of the, of the sale too because um, you know I gotta obviously make a profit on the deal in order to keep done deal investments going, helping other people, helping other sellers, helping other investors. We gotta expand so we can go and help more people. So a business has to make a profit. So that's why obviously I'm gonna have to make a profit on the deal. Now, um, now with this, how we basically how we basically get paid, because I'm sure that's probably what you're asking. How are they gonna get paid? The seller gonna pay you? the seller is not going to pay us. He's not going to pay a commission fee. And this is why, again, it's pretty awesome because most realtors will give you a heavy, heavy uh, percentage of commission that they're going to charge on that sale when they, when they basically sell it for you. The broker has to make money that they're working for, the brokerage, the person that's selling it has to make money. There's a lot of people that have to make money on that deal when they're selling it for you. 
So that's why you pay you pay hefty commission fees when they sell it. Now with Dundee Investments, you're just paying you're basically just paying, um, or you're not even paying. The investor is basically paying, right? The investor is going to pay Dundee Investments the finder's fee or commission for basically putting the deal together and making them money. So that's the cool thing is the seller doesn't have to worry about paying. He doesn't have to worry about really anything. He just gets the money and gets and gets the help and just supports, you know, Dundee Investments, you know, write me a review, I hope, and just helps out my business by basically, you know, giving us a review and basically trying to help us with feedback to increase uh, customer experience and so forth and so forth. Now, from this point, it's that's basically everything. Like basically everything in a nutshell, I went down and broke it down for you. Now, my idea for Dundee Investments when I expand it is I want it to be a one-stop shop. So what this means is, I want to be able to have teams within Dundee Investments get you to the next part of the buying process. So if we go and help you get out of that distressed situation, we then have a real estate team that can go and help you find a deal where you can go and invest into a property and get into another another property. Now, at the same time, I want to add home inspections. So we have our own home inspection team. So they work together. Uh, we have financing. So either like it's the financing is either directly coming from Dundee Investments eventually once we get enough capital or we're just doing referrals where we're referring you to good rates from different banks. Uh, basically almost like uh, how you do car insurance. When you go to go do uh, car insurance with a broker, you sit down with that broker and they just run your credit or your information through a system and they pick out the best rates for you. Geico, Allstate, uh, what is the other one? Uh, State Farm, all these different places, they run it through and they, and they try to get you the best quote and that's what they sign you up for. That's how that would work until, you know, until we got enough capital where we could actually start lending you mortgages and loans and stuff like that, which would be pretty, pretty, actually pretty cool because you're cutting out a lot of the middleman part. Now, the reason I want to do this obviously is because it's a, it's something that hasn't really been done, but at the same time, it's going to, it's going to basically help property owners and investors. And this is how it's going to help property uh, buyers is, or prop people that want to go and own properties and, and own, you know, a physical home for themselves and their families and, and so on and so forth is it's, it's a very, very messy process. And what I mean by that, when you go and buy a home, if you haven't, you have to go through so many different hurdles to go and find that proper property or that proper fit of a property for yourself. Meaning like if you go through a real estate agent, the real estate agent finds you the property, but at a certain point, they, um, they can't go and do anything further once they find you the property. Now what they have to do is go and get it, go through a third party home inspector to inspect that home. Then you have to go find financing through a bank or some type of mortgage broker and you have to basically go through all these different companies. And some of these, some of these places don't, you know, they don't have all that, all those resources. They kind of just have like, they're specialized in one thing and they stop. So if I could do it where you're kind of just going through one company, a one-stop shop, it cuts out all the delays, all the departments work with each other, um, so forth and so on. And that's what I wanted to create, right? I want to create that. Now, um, so that's basically like the big, big, big point with Dundee Investments. That's like the big, big goal to keep on expanding and building and, and just kind of getting different licenses and insurances and different things where I can keep growing that and hiring more people and uh, just grow it to something that's a lot bigger. Now, um, so that's Dundee Investments LLC. It's basically all I think I have to talk about right now. But 
probably going to wrap it up right now. So episode 97 of goals and updates, guys, we're almost on a hundredth episode, which is pretty awesome. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even believed that I probably would have went to a hundred episodes to be honest with you. Cause when I first started, it looked, you know, it looked like a long journey. Um, it still amazes me looking at, you know, different podcasters like Joe Rogan and, and big, big branded names for podcasting. And they're on like almost 2000 episodes. I mean, it's, it, it's incredible. Just the content that they're throwing out there. Now, um, for anyone that doesn't know, Every Monday and Wednesday, I bring you a podcast of goals and updates. And so stay tuned. You can watch it live. I'm working right now just to give you a little bit of an update on Podbean. Okay. Podbean is going to be my hosting platform, which will be able to distribute it to iTunes, Spotify, different other platforms. I'm working on a YouTube page where um, I'm going to be able to make playlists and cut the segments that I'm talking about. It's a little 10 20, 20 minute segments and put them into one playlist for an episode. That's, that's, that's going to help with the time issue. Cause I know a lot of people don't, you know, don't have an hour or hour and 30 minutes to listen to my podcast. So that's how I'm going to help with that. Now, the other thing I'm helping with is just straight audio. So that's where Podbean is. Um, right now you can go on there. We have seven episodes. Podbean, um, that platform is, you could do MP3 or MP4. Eventually, I'm probably going to go MP4, but MP3 right now is the best choice for me just because it's a little bit cheaper. But at the same time, it's uh, I think that's the reason is some people can't physically go on Facebook or Instagram and watch the physical video. But if I could put it on an app or a website where you could just basically press a button, close your phone and listen to the audio, that's where Podbean is going to come into place. So I'm working on that. I have about, excuse me, seven episodes on Podbean. It's the first seven episodes I ever did. So I'm going to, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. It's, they're not the best episodes because it's just when I started, I didn't have structure like I have right now. I wasn't as confident when I was talking because I was a little nervous. I've never really done live streams by myself. I didn't really understand what I wanted to talk about on them. And I didn't have structure like I have now. Now I, you know, I have the, the setup where it's, and, you know, I do an intro, I do my updates with you guys. I go through two topics of motivational skills or traits that I'm working on that I, I want to explain to you guys and help you out. And then I talk about my business, Dundeal Investments LLC, and then I, you know, then I do an extra. So, so, uh, my, my point is that, you know, they're not going to be that, that great of episodes until I start getting up to like four, you know, 30 or 40, but that's the goal. So that's the goal is I'm trying to get to a point where I have all the episodes caught up. And right after I do an episode, I put it on Podbean audio and I get it on YouTube. YouTube's going to be a little bit different because I got to splice up footage and move it around and download this and download that. But I'm going to make it work. So I'll update you guys on that on that stuff as soon as everything comes available. If you want to go on Podbean and support me and subscribe, or if you want to just go on there and listen to the first seven episodes, it's uh, goals and updates. And is is the physical word and A and D, not like the little hyphen thing I put in there, the little emblem thing. So it's goals with an S and updates with an S dot podbean.com. Goals and updates dot podbean.com. All right. So that's the that's the platform we're on. And then you just search up goals and updates. If you have any, you know, any questions, reach out to me, whether it's you want to come on this show as a co-host. I'm looking for more people to come on here. Next week, I'm going to get Steven. Steven, I went to, you know, middle school all the way up to high school, and I, and I still see him once in a while. So I'm going to get him on this show. I'm, I have a lot of people I want to get on this show. I'm going to tell you that right now. So 
you want to be put on this show, you want to be a co-host, we can talk about whatever you want. We do a little, you do a little interview in the beginning. We go into uh, two topics, kind of what I do that you pick. And then we just talk about whatever you want. And, and I've had, I've, I've been on, on live for three hours with my one friend Fabrizio. So it doesn't matter what you want to talk about. We talked about all types of stuff on that one. We wrapped on here. We went and talked about um, a little bit of politics. We went and talked about people in general, uh, just motivational ideas, uh, things that we're trying to accomplish in our lives and so forth, so far and so forth. So, you know, if you just want to come on here, you know, get a little, you know, get a little airtime. I'm so for it. I just want to get as many diverse people as I possibly can on this show. And I just really want to try to, you know, get, get other people's voices out there. That's really why I do the co-hosting. So, you know, stay tuned for that. Reach out to me in any way you want, Facebook, Instagram, any social medias that I'm on, and just, you know, let me know you want to be a co-host. Now, if you know anyone that's in a distressed situation that really needs to sell their home fast, have them reach out to Done Deal Investments LLC, which is my business, and I will personally take care of them. Uh, that's basically it. So this has been episode 97 of Goals and Updates. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you guys Monday around 7.30. I'm going to change the time to 7.30. It just seems easier. So every Monday and Wednesday, 7.30, I'll see you there next Monday. Have a great rest of your week. Stay tuned. My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace. And you have to move and just sell your house really fast. You have to do it in the next week or two. And if you do it through a real estate agent, you're probably not going to be able to sell it that fast. It normally stays on the market for a little bit of time. And that's where this would come into place as a resource where we just sell your house very, very fast through an investor. And you just, in a week, and you just go and move to a different place and do the job transfer. Now, the other ones would be uh, like property, um, like, or let me do this one first, but real estate agents. Like, let's say you just had an issue with real estate agents. You've, you know, used a bunch of real estate agents and you got charged a lot of commission, right? They charge heavy commission fees. Some of them, you know, take forever to sell. Some of them can't really do it. So that's another reason where, or maybe you just like, you know, they put it on the market for like two months and you're just like, all right, man, like this person's definitely not working. I barely see him. He's not really like showing the house off or anything. That's where done deal investments will be able to just help you out there. You don't have to go through a real estate agent. We just, you know, get an investor on the deal and they go in and basically purchase the property right there and then, right? We get people that are already like interested in buying your property. So you don't have to wait. You don't have to go on the market and just, you know, hope to God someone comes through and, and buys it. Uh, the other thing would be if you have a lot of property maintenance. So that's what I was, saying I was looking for at, at first before this one. But property maintenance where you're just like, hey, I don't want to sink like seven or 10 grand on fixing all the elements in the house. Uh, you know, the, uh, the house has a lot of work and you're just like, hey, I don't want to, you know, put all this money in and time to fix it. I'd rather just sell it. You, you're going to probably have a hard time selling it on, on the market. So that's where, you know, this would be good because the investor wants to buy that deal because he's going to flip the property anyway. So he's going to put some capital in and he's going to want some gains. So that investor will definitely go and buy your property as is. They don't care if it, you know, it, it was uh, someone lived there that was a hoarder and there's crap everywhere or, or stuff everywhere. I shouldn't, you know, say crap, but just stuff everywhere. Or if it's just someone that just didn't take care of the roof, the roof's falling apart, you know, you got mold and stuff. That's what they, that's what they kind of want. They want to, you know, fix that and sell it. So that's where we would help too. Now, 
the other one that I could think of would be inheriting a house. Um, if you inherit a house, which is very, you know, it's kind of rare, but not as rare as you would think. But normally it's like an elderly uh, or a loved loved one that was an elderly and they tend not to take care of the property. They kind of get to a point where they're kind of just like, you know, I'm getting older. I don't really, uh, you know, some of them have like dementia or, you know, different, different illnesses that come with age and they don't tend to work on the property like a regular, like 30 or 40 year old person or, you know, someone within like a age, age group that would, you know, take care of the property and, and be able to physically do it they, um, you know, they tend not to take care of the property. So that's where a lot of property maintenance would come in and Dundee Investments would be able to help you sell that very, very fast. Now, the last one I can think of would be divorce. And even though, you know, it's a tragic situation that, you know, you don't wish, wish on anyone. Most of the time what happens when you go through a divorce is you have to kind of split everything 50-50 down, you know, down the middle, as they say. And, this would be a good way to just kind of sell it very fast. Like if you guys own a property or a home together, where you just basically, we sell it very fast to an investor and you just split the cost down the middle and, and go your separate ways on the house. That's where Dundee Investments would be able to help out with like divorce uh, divorce issues where you're just trying to sell that property fast, split down the, down the middle 50-50 and move on, right? So those are the options that, that Dundee Investments or, or um, problems, I should say, that Dundee Investments is really built to solve. So, but, you know, if you want to stay in your property, maybe you don't want to sell it, there's all, I also have resources from another person that can help you with that too, where they'll probably buy your house back and um, you just basically pay them rent until you basically pay them back and they'll work with you as an investor. So I have that as a resource as well. So now, we're going to go into, you know, what the process is for done deal investment. So the process, what I call the three steps of financial freedom is one, you have to contact done deal investments. You know, it doesn't matter which way you want to do it, whatever you're comfortable doing, whether it's email, phone, texting, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm trying to think uh, if there's anything else I can give you to con Oh, website and go to our website and fill out a form and I'll just contact you directly. Um, it doesn't matter how you want to go about it. It's just, I have to be able to contact you. Um, obviously, obviously, so I know that you need help or that you need to sell the property fast. And I got to ask you some very, very basic questions. The whole reason why I got to obviously get in contact with you. So the, the questions that I normally ask are just very basic. They're, you know, what financial situation or problem are you trying to solve by selling the house fast? So that way I have an understanding of, you know, how to get you out of it or get you to where you need to go. Uh, the second thing would be, you know, property maintenance. So, you know, what's wrong with the property? Uh, you know, you have roof damage, you have windows that are broken that need to be repaired. Wh whatever the issue is that you have to fix is, um, you know, I have to understand like what condition your property's in. So I have a better understanding. Now, once we get through that, we go into step two. Now, step two is we set up an appointment with you and I just do what I call a walkthrough. A walkthrough is basically, you know, I just come there at a certain time that we agree on. And I get to meet you in person. So that's also good too, right? One-on-one -on -one, uh, interaction. And you can ask me any questions you want, obviously, as I'm, as I'm doing this. And I got to walk through and just check, you know, make sure that, you know, if there's roof damage, I, I jot that down. If there's broken windows, I jot that down. Uh, we, it looks like there's a leak here. I got to, you know, jot that down. And I take five pictures inside your property and five pictures out. Now, the reason I'm, you know, collecting all this data, I'm collecting the photos, is so when I go to find you an investor, 
I can send them all the information. So I'd be like, all right, it's roughly going to cost you, you know, X, Y, and Z to fix X, Y, and Z. Uh, here's the photos of the property so you get an understanding of what it looks like. And what this does is it helps me uh, with done deal investors find an, an investor to get on the deal faster. Like, so this way we don't have all these foot traffic come through your property. We don't have to, you know, it's not delaying the process. It's basically speeding up the process. And that's, you know, obviously that's very, very crucial in this because if I'm going to sell your house fast, we got to be able to find an investor fast. And for uh, most people that don't know, I already have a lot of preset investors already that I can contact and ask about and see if they, you know, they want to be put on this deal and send them information. So that's a good thing too. But let's say I don't have someone that's interested in your property. It's my job then to go and contact people, send them emails and start, you know, trying to find you an investor to put on this deal. And that's my job with done deal investments. Now uh, that's step two, uh, a little bit of step two, which is kind of step three is once, you know, once I do that, I find you the investor, we then have to talk about the price. So how I do the price is I go and I run comps on, on that neighborhood and try to match it as best I possibly can square footage. Uh, you know, everything that I can try to, you know, match it up to a T, you know, sometimes you don't get a perfect, but I try to do the best to match it as best I possibly can. And from there we get an average price uh, from the three homes that have recently sold on that mar in that market, in that neighborhood. Right. And then from there, I just deduct the cost that's going to take for the investor. And then that's the price we're going to negotiate on at the bottom. So what's going to happen is once we agree on the price, we can also agree on terms. So I, you know, if you got to, you know, let me know if you have to stay on the property for another three weeks uh, after we get the deal together. Uh, if you need, you know, like a home inspector, real estate agents, financing, whatever you've got to need to move on to the next uh, property, you have to let me know so that I can get the investor on the same page. It's like the whole, that's the most important part with done deal investments too is, it's my job to make sure that you, myself, and the investor are on the same page, that the investor knows exactly what's going on in the deal and that, you know, he's making, you know, I'm making sure that he's working for you and that he's not just working for himself, that, you know, each party's benefiting out of the deal and not just one party. That's, that's really my uh, main job. So that's really kind of like step two going into step three. Now, once everyone agrees on the terms, the price, and you know how we're going to set up this deal, we then all have to sign the contracts. This is where step three comes in. So step three now is the seller signs the contract, I sign the contract for done deal investments, and the investor signs the contract. And then from here, basically how each party benefits is obviously the seller will get the negotiated price for the property. So we'll get the cash. He'll go and be able to buy another property and he'll get out of the financial situation that he was in. So most of these, these issues or financial uh, crises would be, um, you know, it, it would affect their credit. So like pre-foreclosure is a good one because pre-foreclosure would definitely affect your credit. Like if you lost your house, it means that you couldn't, you know, keep up with your payments and all that stuff is reported back to the credit, the credit bureaus. And that would screw up your credit. So if we could buy out your mortgage, right? Buy out the rest of your, your mortgage, the money that you owe, and still give you a little bit of a cash offer, you know, it's better than you going into debt and filing bankruptcy or, you know, screwing up your credit and not being able to go get another property or whatnot, right? So that's the that's the idea of, of this is that person, the seller, or the person that needs to get out of the financial situation benefits with cash offer, 
and not affecting his credit. And then he'll also get resources from Dundee Investments, like references that I can go and give you. So you can go get a real estate agent and go get finance and go do whatever you need to do. Now, the investor obviously benefits because he's going to flip the property with his own capital and then he's going to sell it on the market for full market value and he's going to make a profit off of the deal. Now, Dundee Investments will obviously make a little bit of money on the deal and that's going to be what we call a commission fee or a finder's fee from the investor because the investor is going to pay Dundee Investments for putting the deal together and giving him the rights to the deal, right? So that's why they call it like a finder's fee or that's it's commission, but they call it a finder's fee because I put the deal together. I found the seller, found the investor, put them together on a deal and I gave the deal to the investor. Now, um, how, and that's the other thing too, real quick. The cool part about it is the seller does not have to pay Dundee investments. It's going to come from the investor. So that's kind of a cool thing too, is like, not like a real estate agent, a real estate agent would take a certain portion of that commission from that deal and you would lose money on the deal. This is kind of like, we're just giving you the cash and you're not, you're not, you know, you're not paying the commission fee. So that's, what's really cool about the whole thing. Now, I'm trying to think if I can give you any insight, but so that's basically done deal investments, how it works, you know, who it works for, what, what my company is designed to do. Give me one sec. What my company is designed to do. And um, if you have any questions, just reach out to us with whatever way you're comfortable uh, you know, whatever way you're comfortable basically reaching out and contacting us. So that's what my business does. Now I'm trying to scale it. So it's a one-stop shop where I can have um, home inspections. I can have a real estate agent team. I can have financing ready, but the whole point is to make it so that it's not just open to distressed sellers or uh, financial conditions, even though it still would work for that. Cause it's a one-stop shop for those individuals it's, it's going to be for property owners and investors and people that want to scale. And what I'm going to try to do, which is going to take time because all of these are niches. It's all different, you know, different categories. I got to go get licensing for different ones and make sure I'm licensed properly and insured, but it's basically going to be for property owners and it's going to cut down the time for the home buying process. And what I want to do is, uh, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a one-stop shop. So, you know, if you've ever bought a property, right, you normally would have to go find a real estate agent. They'd find you the property and then you got to go to another company, get a home inspector to inspect that property. Then you got to go to a bank or a different company, get financing and so on and so on. And you end up going through four or five different companies just to buy one property, right? Just to get a property. And I want to cut that down where, even though you're going to go, you know, a lot, some of this stuff might be third party elements like financing. And by the way, like even Dundee Investments, once it gets to a certain point, can even be a financer and give out loans and stuff like that, right? Because it's part of investing. So, but, you know, for the most part, when we probably start that off, it's probably going to be third parties. That's, that's what I was thinking about, like third parties. But my point being is, I want to make it so it cuts down the home buying process, but it also gives resources to investors as well as helping individuals, you know, get out of financial situations. So there's like kind of three components that I want to eventually get to, uh, you know, strengthening the ties with investors, strengthening the ties with uh, distressed sellers, but also strengthening a market for uh, just regular property owners, like people that just, you know, maybe they're starting a family or they're trying to move on to the next stage of life and they want to go buy a property 
that's kind of where I want to go towards is that direction where I'm helping those property um, buyers and property owners and just make it so it's not as complicated as, you know, a lot of a lot, like the home buying process is not an easy process. A lot of people struggle with it because they don't teach you anything about home buying. So that's kind of like a resource where um, everyone eventually dabbles into, eventually comes a property owner, but no one really tells you how. It's almost like credit. Like everyone just kind of tells you the basics of credit, but there's so much more to credit and credit cards and just credit overall that, you know, most people struggle with it because there's so much information about it and everyone handles it the wrong way because they have the wrong information on it. So that's kind of what I want to do with this company is trying to make it so it's more accessible to, you know, average people, people that are just trying to basically, you know, buy property and just live, you know, just live like a normal life basically. So help investors as well, because obviously if you help the investors, then it's possible to expand done deal investments. But at the same time, you know, I'm very pro business. So I want to be able to help, you know, form partnerships and, you know, create a, create big business basically. So that's kind of what I want to do with done deal investments. Now, um, if you have any questions on those, like I'm definitely happy to you know sit down with you. If you want to be on goals and updates, if you want to be a co-host, definitely reach out to me. It doesn't you can reach out to my personal stuff on that. You don't have to do done deal investments. Not really like too much related to done deal investments, goals and updates. But um, if you just want to be a co-host, reach out to me. If you want to learn more about done deal investments, reach out to me. You know, go to our website for more information on that. There's a lot of information over there. We got blogs. We got uh, you know my social media pages, which might explain a little bit more. I try to do. Um, steps better. And I, you know, I'm just, I'm working hard out here. So show me some support, show me some love. And, uh, if you want to listen to the audio versions from episode one to seven from goals and updates, uh, you can go to goals and updates.podbean.com. All right. So that's that I'm going to work on uh, updating that. And then I'll update you guys when I have, uh, you know, the YouTube, uh, playlist going and stuff like that. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to do another episode Wednesday. And I'm probably going to start making these episodes at like 7.30. Uh, just because like, you know, I'm getting back late and it's it's kind of like I don't have enough time to set up everything and move forward quick enough at 7. So I'm going to probably be more at 7.30, which I got to start, you know, updating those cards or the like the uh, the thumbnails or the pictures. So this has been episode 96 of Goals and Updates. I appreciate everyone. My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.